Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast. I'm John Norman and for the next 25 minutes or so, myself and Neil Manthorpe will be uh, talking about his missing luggage. We will be looking ahead to uh, South Africa against Afghanistan, New Zealand against Pakistan, talking about Glenn Maxwell's uh, heroics, uh, a little bit about England against the Netherlands and uh, also discussing the fallout from South Africa's huge defeat. Against India, lots and lots to talk about here. Thanks for joining us. This is Following On. Okay, so if you're listening to the show, you no doubt know England have won. They've won. They've beaten the Netherlands. They've beaten them by 160 runs. Ben Stokes top scoring with 108 after England lost 5 for 59. 191 for 6 when Moeen Ali was out. Um, Darwin Milan had uh, been run out for 87 uh, failures uh, for Bairstow, Butler and uh, Ali himself and uh, Harry Brook one of two changes for the side Gus Atkinson being at the second uh, Mark Wood and also Liam Livingston missing out so from a position where you or I really felt that England might uh, struggle they uh, they put on a big score 339 for 9 Chris Wokes hitting 51 a partnership of 130 for the 7th wicket and never, the Netherlands never came close 13 for 2 when Ackerman was out and uh, and that pretty much was that. Uh, England uh, have won by such a handsome margin as well. They've uh, climbed to the dizzy heights of seventh in the table. So win on Saturday against Pakistan and uh, they will make the ball. Uh, they will play in the Champions Trophy in 2025. So uh, plenty to talk about here on Following On. Story of the day. So, man, as the, uh, the big question is, have you got your clothes back? I haven't, John. It's been uh, tomorrow will be three days and three nights. Um, and it would be um, it would be uh, justifiable, I suppose, if I was aware of some contraband or, or whether I was trying to smuggle something in my luggage. But uh, it seems to be just a, 
typical piece of Indian bureaucracy. And I was required once I arrived in Ahmedabad to sign a consent form for the security airport security in Kolkata to remove the lock from my bag and to remove whatever offending item it was. I duly signed that consent form two days ago. And I was told yesterday that uh, the bag had still not been cleared. And finally, I got the answer uh, today. Uh, and the answer is they can't remove the lock. Um, so um, uh, I'm not quite sure. Well, I asked them, I said, so do you intend to keep my bag forever? And they said, uh, no. Um, I said, well, how are you going to get it to me? And they didn't have an answer. So um, I've bought some new clothes. Um, I went out to a market in Ahmedabad and uh, splashed out on some some uh, very expensive um, designer label underwear and uh, and T-shirts, which came to about £4.50 in total. For those listeners who don't subscribe to uh, Manners Substack, head over there for more as it happens. But essentially, uh, Manners losses, uh, or rather the airline. Uh, lost his luggage i i'm kind of guessing you're never going to see it again having traveled with you though manners i imagine that when you get to the bottom of it the rogue item will either be some tic tacs possibly some uh some biltong potentially <laughs> cashew nuts or maybe a small and warm bottle of white wine that has been secreted away and you've forgotten all about it from a tour long forgotten and uh, some Indian baggage holders are uh, are dining as we speak. Uh, well, you know that I always take a lucky bottle of wine with me, which I try to keep <laughs> till the which I try to keep till the end of the tour. But I drank that in the first week, so I can't can't imagine. I can't imagine what it is. There may be a little bit of biltong in there, but um, <laughs> does that even show up on a scanner? Well, I. I think it does because I tried to send some back from South Africa back home <laughs> and it never arrived. So maybe the scanner or maybe the sniffer dogs, who knows? Either way, we can talk a little cricket. Um, like England have, uh, have beaten Netherlands. I'm not even going to talk about the game in any great depth. There's there's no lessons to learn. There's no, uh, you know, um we, we've reached the bottom and we're going to sit there on the tarmac for a bit and, and we'll talk about the positives and we'll talk about the future at some other time. But uh, And we'll talk about the game in, in a minute. But really what I want you to tell me is, you know, it was Saturday, Saturday that we recorded our last show, the day before South Africa took on India. And I said to you, there's no way tomorrow, whatever happens, that the choke word would be used for South Africa. We agreed. I'm pretty sure we agreed. Um, you were uh, a little bit negative about the way that uh, Temba Bavuma and the South Africa side weren't weren't allowing themselves to acknowledge the the fact that it was a big game. It was a big game, and they were kind of pretending it wasn't. Um, well, they certainly acted like it was a big game on Sunday. And they acted actually like they were surprised about that after all. <laughs> well, uh, two, the two men who opened the bowling for South Africa are probably the most sensitive uh, men in the entire squad. Um, Lungi Ngidi and Marco Janssen might play cricket with a bit of a snarl on the field. Well, certainly Janssen does. But uh, off it, um, they are extremely gentle personalities and i'm not surprised that uh, they were overcome by the by the noise and the enormity of the occasion at the home of cricket and 
do you know what I mean? The game wasn't over after five overs, but India was 61 without loss after five overs. And uh, and Janssen um, uh, has admitted uh, privately um, in honest conversations, uh, as the teams have, that uh, he he was overcome and he was nervous. And he admitted to um, starting to focus on the person 22 yards away rather than on himself. And, you know, um, there's Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill and and he started to think about them and focus on them rather than focusing on himself. But um, so I don't think choke is appropriate. And you know me, I'd be the first to say that it, that it was. I don't think that um, I think you, you um, I, I normally associate choking towards the end, r- the result end of the match rather than at the beginning. They, they were overwhelmed. Um, isn't it the... isn't a choke when you bottle it? And I know you put it very well. And I totally agree. And, and I wouldn't, I, I'm being a little bit duplicitous here. Facetious, not duplicitous. But that's a choke, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, but it's it's a different sort of <laughs> Moving on to New Zealand's Sri Lanka. <laughs> um, look, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, there were 60,000 people. I, Mark Janssen and Lungi Ngidi have both been part of IPL campaigns. Uh, Janssen in particular has played under... Um, immense pressure but it's just totally different a world cup is very very different playing for your country is very very different uh to to playing for an ipl team um yeah. you know Jan- Janssen once had to defend 21 in the last over of an ipl game and uh was hit for three sixes and, and lost the game in four balls uh so I, you know he, I, know he knows how to do it i just wonder whether if they just got a couple of overs under good cheap overs under their belt they just needed to start well and and they didn't and and i think it was i think it was a bit of nerves bit of big game and and i think you know they they will learn from it um more more or, importantly or will John, they i mean you know they they could be a repeat of that couldn't they i mean chances are they're going to be playing australia in the semi finals talk about them in a minute and then india in the final i mean can that kind of game it's hyperbole a bit we don't really know do we but you fear, you do fear after going through that. Say it had been, a, you know, a real kind of close con- uh, encounter, say South Africa had won. South Africa have won in India in recent in recent times. It's not that alien a concept. But it was it was a little bit worrying, wasn't it? Just the manner of the, the manner of the defeat. If those two teams have to come up against each other again in the final, whether it, they won't just be that, just in the back, in the back of their minds a little bit. Oh, no, we're going to, we're going to have, we can, that could happen again. Yeah, it'll be at the front of their minds. But but more relevantly is look, the bowling was was three fifths a complete incoherent shambles. Mm. Um, Tabrae Shamsi was also hopeless. Ngidi and Janssen were hopeless, but uh, Rabada and Maharaj were very very good. And otherwise, India would have scored four hundred. But the point is, um, so South Africa gave away 60 runs too many, okay? I think uh, like a pass score was probably 260, probably maybe even 70 runs too many. Um, but this much-vaunted South African batting lineup, you know, the strongest top six, as I've said, um, in the tournament, that, is that the reason they got bowled out for 83? I mean, if they come out swinging and thought, we've got to go all guns blazing and and played a shot of ball and been bowled out for, for 150, they might have said, well, you know, it was always a tough ask chasing 330 on that pitch. But they were bowled out, John, for 83. 
they were bowled out. David Miller was only one of the top six playing an attacking shot. Um, the rest of them were bowled out by Mohamed Siraj and Jasprit Bumrah and 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 Ravi Chadeja, who took five for thirty. So um, South Africa have had will have had four days to to lick some deep wounds, and they're not just going to go away. Um, they might, I suppose, conceivably um, have put it to the back of their minds. But the moment they come up against Australia in the semi-final, and and if they get past them, and they have a terrible record against them in World Cups, and face in- India again um, in front of 120,000 people in Ahmedabad, I don't think they're going to find it very easy to push it to the back of their minds. That was a really bruising defeat. Thanks for listening to the Following On podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Or you can now tweet us at cricket underscore TS. As well as that, you can now also watch us on YouTube. So for regular cricket insight from the likes of Bumble, Goffey and Harmy, live cricket commentary and exclusive video content that you can't find anywhere else, search for the TalkSport Cricket YouTube channel. Time to get back to the show. Mahela Jai Wardner, am I right? I should have checked this. Didn't he score a century in the final in 2011? Is that right? Mahalajaya Woodner did, yeah. Aravinda de Silva scored 100 in the final in 1996 as well. So. But they won that, right? Yeah. But they didn't win in 2011, Sri Lanka. I've just got this, I don't know, feeling in the bones. Virat Kohli, ODI century number 50 in first innings at a strike rate of 102. And then Australia chase it down. Chase down the total. I mean, you are one of the few who have been critical. <laughs> Daring to be critical about Virat Kohli, possibly because, you know, if your time was cut short in India and you're sent packing, you, would, you wouldn't really mind that much because you wouldn't have to buy any more new clothes. I haven't got anything to pack. Well, there you go. So, um, you know, maybe that's where the bravery comes from. But essentially, that is another remarkable innings from Kohli, wasn't it? I mean, you say you say India was six, 60 over where they should have been. Actually, they could have scored 400 if... Well, not quite 400, but you get the point I'm making. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I've often said that um, there is a time and a place and it is understandable and excusable and for a batsman or, or a captain to think about personal milestones. Um, but I just think I just thought that Virat Kohli was thinking about it rather than for three or four overs, uh, more like for 40 overs. Um, 40 you know. Mate, he's been thinking about it for four matches now. It's like the <laughs> third, it's easily the third time it's happened. Anyway, anyway, I wouldn't mind going to India at some point. Um, Glenn Maxwell. Glenn Maxwell. Now, you are. we're on the same WhatsApp group and our producer, Scott Taylor, was telling us, uh, you know, he was getting quite excited during the innings. I was at parents' evening. And, um, yeah, I'm not interested in watching that. And it dawned on me, our producer, Scott, didn't watch England get batted every every couple of years by Australia for 15 years, did he? He doesn't have the hatred. He doesn't have that inbuilt just, just sheer dislike. And, oh, my God, I don't want to watch that. Australia's celebrating on the field is just that is. And then I thought to myself, hang on, there's a whole generation of people that don't feel that way about West Germany or Germany in the football as well. <laughs> I'm getting laughter from Ollie Clink down the corridor, by the way. Um, 
I mean, look, it was a great innings, yada, yada, yada. But essentially, unless Australia win, I'm not having that as the greatest innings of all time in an ODI. It's a bit like Stokes smashing that 200 at Cape Town and it was a draw. Um, Kapil Dev's 185 against Zimbabwe in 1983. India went on to win the World Cup, right? They wouldn't have won the World Cup if not for that innings. So unless Australia win the World Cup, I'm not having it. <laughs> uh, numbers would would have you rethink um, no. once the emotion has calmed down. You know no, they were they were ninety one for seven and they finished up two hundred and ninety three for seven. It is it is astonishing. I tell you what was was um, quite um, satisfying, I suppose, in in some ways afterwards is uh, Maxwell admitting that uh, he had a lot of luck uh, that he had um, he, that he was flying by the seat of his pants and uh, you know he was dropped a couple of times he survived a, a re- lbw review and he he admitted he was lucky and um, you know he said that he he would have preferred it if it would have been a chance of innings but the bowling was naive i think afghanistan thought that they, and as any team would have done they thought they they'd got it dusted at uh, 91 for 7 but it it was astonishing and and you know pat, pat cummins so Maxwell's made 201 off 128 balls. Pat Cummins made 12 off 60. Mm. <laughs> There's that, a great tweet. Have you seen his tweet? No, I haven't. What did he say? It's very funny. So I think it was Fox possibly put up a tweet. Great, you know, uh, highest eighth wicket partnership in the history of ODI cricket or World Cup cricket. I'm not exactly sure. Picture of Maxwell and Cummins celebrating. Um, with their scores underneath them. And Cummins retweets and quotes it saying, something along the lines of, I think that it's important to remember that Maxwell also played well. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was, because uh, when you read it first, you're like, what? And then you're like, oh my God, he's a comedy genius as well as being really, really good looking and <laughs> wants to save the planet. I mean, God, he's really difficult to dislike. He is. He is. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he's a very good captain, but I think he's a fantastic no, I don't and, and human being. <laughs> well, there you go. There's the chink in the armour. Um, let's talk about England. They have beaten Netherlands. Um, I should say that I, that the game is, well, they're, they're nine down. But essentially, I believe if Matt Roller is to be believed, that if uh, unless this 10th wicket puts on 98, the net run rate will see England up to the dizzy heights of seventh in the table. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. That's that's exciting, isn't it? And then they, of course, and then, of course, they're going to play Pakistan on Saturday, who will probably need to win by 150 runs uh, to qualify in the top four. So, um, you know, they'll maybe. that's basically England's best chance of, of beating them. So maybe, just maybe, England might qualify for the Champions Trophy in two years' time, which I think we are all agreed is what this World Cup is and has always been about. Oh, that was clearly priority number one for... Uh, for <laughs> and there is no Josh priority Butler number and his two. Men when they set out. I mean, I, I, I clearly it was like, guys, we've got to make sure we finish in the top eight. Otherwise... There's no 2025 Champions Trophy. Exactly. By the way, um, Pakistan may just have to beat England, like just by yeah. one run or, or one wicket, okay. because the weather forecast in uh, Bangalore, Bangalore is is really poor. 
uh, for the uh, New Zealand Sri Lanka game. So if that gets rained out, washed out, and there's no result, they don't get 20 overs aside, then um, Pakistan will go through with just any old victory against England. But uh, let's hope that uh, England, I mean, not not because they'll eliminate Pakistan, but let's hope that England do finish on a on a reasonable high. I, I just want to point out, it was interesting, like Harmy was really, really strong, wasn't he? Uh, with, with you and with me on our various shows about the fact that Ben Stokes um, should have been sent home, that he, you know, he he acknowledged that Stokes wouldn't want to go home and have his knee operation. So he could speed up the recovery process and give himself an extra two weeks to be fit for the for the uh, five match test series in India in the new year. Um, but the, I think the point is uh, that, um, as was so eruditely pointed out by Carl Hopkinson in England's uh, latest um, press conference, that Ben Stokes loves playing games of cricket for England. And whereas Harmy was saying, hand over to the next generation. He's not going to play any 50 over cricket after this. Hand over to the next generation. And I, I just think, and I don't, I'm just surmising here, that Stokes's response to that would have been, what's the point in handing over to the next generation if they don't have a champions trophy, if they don't have an international 50 over tournament to to focus on and to play until the 2027 World Cup in South Africa? You know, it's four years time. I just think he he wanted to be a part of this team that does hand over to the next generation and at least can say, well, at least you've got the Champions Trophy in Pakistan to look forward to. And it was a brilliant 100, wasn't it? I really, honestly. I mean, Ben Stokes doesn't score any other variety of hundreds. Um, but I, I think that the way that he, he worked and grafted in the first half of that innings, absorbed pressure, as the commentators kept telling us, uh, was was really outstanding. And then, you know, the hitting at the end. But, uh, by the way, um, a lot of people say, why do people always talk about Chris Wokes' batting um, when, you know, he's a bowler? You, you know, he should be picked for his bowling. He's, he opens the bowling. He's a new ball bowler. No, I think with Wokes, you do take his batting into into consideration. And that partnership of 129 um, was brilliant. I thought he batted superbly. Um, and in the end, it was a very, very comfortable victory by uh, over 150 runs for England. And, um, and and hopefully Stokes can bat out of 50 over cricket with one more victory. But, you know, if that's his last significant contribution, it's, um, it's one that, that yeah, is a fitting one. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. 
To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. I wonder what Joss Butler felt about Matthew Mott describing Ben Stokes as a spiritual leader. Certainly um, there was leadership from the innings and I, I, I can't add too much more, but England are going to have to make some big decisions. Obviously, the the contracts have come in at the worst possible time. You know, I'm not sure what leeway Rob Key and England really had on that because, from my understanding, last year's contracts came to an end at the start of October, so the new contracts had to start the start of November. Unless you've got this period where nobody gets paid and they just wait till December, I don't know, right? I don't know. I don't know how it works, but. You know, I think there was some criticism of Rob Key about the timing, but from my understanding is the players all knew. I think we all know that. There was a hold-up with the PCA, and then uh, they had to announce them because they need to get paid. Either way, we are going to have a s- silly situation where a lot of players who just signed these contracts are never going to play 50-over cricket for England again, and they can still get paid. But the big decision that England do need to make is they are going to have to retain two or three of the experienced guys to, to see through the transition and going back about what you just said about Chris Wokes, um, you know, he's going to play a huge part, I I think. And he can play a huge part within the dressing room on the field for another couple of years in 50 over cricket for England. Um, because they're going to be waving goodbye to David Willey and they're going to be waving goodbye to Ben Stokes and they're going to be waving goodbye. And Jason Roy's already gone. And we know a lot of the other players are going to going to make their way as well. So uh, so anyway, but yeah, it was good to see England win. Um, and I think that's it. Oh no, one quick question: You just mentioned Carl Hopkinson or Craig, as one of the press corps called him in the uh, in the presser. Um, <laughs> Junior, I mean that was a big two fingers up to the English media, wasn't it? That's how I, that was my reading of it. There's been a lot of criticism of Mott. Article by Nick Holt, and I'm not saying the two fingers were directed at him, but that if they'd lost today, Matthew Mott's position was basically untenable. Kind of what the article was saying. This was Matthew Mott saying, "No, this is just this is we've been here before, haven't we? It's a, this wasn't just a bad day in the field, and we send out Collie or Tresco. This was a message to the press bank. And I don't know whether it came from Matthew Mott. Um, if it did. Um, I, I'd be surprised. He doesn't strike me as being that uh, that confrontational a figure. I, I just keep um, imagining this the job interview that Carl Hopkinson had when he was appointed as the ostensibly the fielding coach, but he's described as an assistant coach because fielding coach um, is uh, it's like you know dustman used to be called dustman until they became garbage disposal experts. Um, so he's an assistant coach. But when he was appointed, let's imagine somebody, whoever it was, who appointed him, saying. Uh, there are just a couple of terms and conditions, Carl, before, uh, you know, you take the job. Uh, one is that 
should England ever go through a catastrophically poor period, um, which will never happen uh, because, you know, we're, we're not that bad. But it's, should we have a period like when we're in the 1990s and uh, we lose for months and years on end, then you may possibly be required to go out and face the media. But don't worry, don't worry, it's unlikely to happen. Uh, but it, but if, if you, if, you know, you just need to agree that uh, if you um, are the man and um, Barney Rone and the Guardian wrote a piece in which he counted, obviously, while transcribing the interview, he used the term, we didn't execute our skills nine times in uh, his uh, media. We didn't execute our skills. So Barney, Barney Rone called him the executioner. The executioner was sent out. Uh, to face the English media. And he also makes the point that, uh, you know, the players are all earning over £100,000 each to play in the World Cup, over and above their central contracts um, and and their salaries. And there's a lot of money involved. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, it wasn't a nothing game against the Netherlands. England had to win it um, to qualify for the Champions Trophy. And they are defending champions, let's uh, remember, even though they've been eliminated. They are the defending champions. And... Um, to to send the fielding coach out, um, and obviously England have got comfortably the second biggest media contingent behind the Indian one on home soil. Um, it was it was disdainful, and that's the best least confrontational word that I can think of. It was it was disdainful. Manners, I'm going to leave it there. Um... Good luck. How long are you? Uh, how long are you at? Oh, actually, a quick word for your spot—not sponsor, but a, a friend from the past came and saved you, didn't they? Um, you're not staying at what you described as the worst digs of the tour. You're actually at a well. You're at the Sheraton. How long are you there? You're just going to stay there for two weeks. I've been covering the whole tour in what I describe as um, authentic fashion. So I, I've been going, working on on a, a standard Indian budget. Nothing fancy, no stars in in the hotels, just really basic, you know, what I call ceiling fan uh, hotels. And and they've been fine. Some of them have been really fun. Um, I think one in Kolkata was um, at least next door, if not next door to a, a, a place of ill repute, if it wasn't one itself. But I've had I've had some fun until uh, the room in Ahmedabad, which was really made me want to curl up in the fetal position and call for my mother. And I'm 55 years old. It was that bad. You know, I lay down on the bed and and evidently somebody had been sleeping in it the night before and they hadn't changed the sheets. And and it was anyway. So I wrote a column about it um, on my Substack, and a man I've never met before. Um, who's been reading me. So for, not an old friend. No, he wasn't an old friend. I've never met him. I've never met him before. He's um He's uh, we come from the same town and uh, he's he left many years ago, but he's been reading <laughs> what I write for for over 20 years. And he um, he took pity on me and booked me into the Sheraton. So here I am in the Sheraton in Ahmedabad without any clothes. Well, I've got some now. Uh, that, sounds like, that sounds like the opening scene of The Hangover Five. <laughs> I'll keep you updated. <laughs> Manners, thank you. Enjoy the match. I can't even work out. Oh, it's South Africa versus Afghanistan. Oh, man. I mean, could you imagine if Afghanistan had won? That game would be 
I mean, actually, the back end of the tournament would actually, you remember I said, it's not it's not the beginning, it's not the middle of a tournament, it's how the tournament ends, that's the way the narrative is. If Afghanistan win yesterday, and then they play South Africa, suddenly, best World Cup ever. Yeah. But they didn't, so it's not. They didn't. All right. I'll speak to you soon. Chat soon. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. We will be back. I cannot even remember where we're going to be back, but I can tell you one thing. Talk Sport Cricket YouTube page uh, is up and running. Head over to YouTube, type in Talk Sport Cricket. Um, and if you're listening to this on Thursday, there's a, a huge there's a huge interview with Stuart Broad where he talks about a lot of interesting things. Pakistani match fixing, what it's like to have an argument with Ben Stokes whether the team had uh, something to do with Kevin Peterson getting sacked all those years ago um, and plenty of other really good stuff. So uh, so head over there and uh, subscribe away. But for now, thanks for listening to Following On. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.